Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today are our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. Hi, Jay. Hello, Ian. And also with me is Echo Journalist and all-round good egg. Thank you. Andy Kelly's not here, so instead we've got Neil Jones. Hello. Uh, Jay, we'll start with you. But before, before, oh, I've not finished. I've not finished before. Then go on, Sarah Neil. Oh, well, I was going to say we need to start talking about James. We'll go with James first, yeah. Yeah, because I know what you're going to say. Because our listeners will know that Echo FC is a, a massive part of uh, of James's. And he's he's been under off, a lot of pressure. Hasn't yeah, he yeah, off desk life. He's yeah. been under pressure. He's under Andy Kelly breathing down his neck. <laughs> In terms Believe of me, it, yeah, you, after his job, coveting briefing against yes, me yeah, physically and metaphorically, you don't want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but last night, James Pierce delivered um, a resounding two fingers to his critics. Uh, James, you want to tell us about it? Uh, it was a very gutsy three-one win, and I think it's proved I've still got the dressing room on side, despite yeah. everything that's been said in the last few weeks. Um, no surprise that Andy Kelly hasn't made it in today, yeah. having spent recent weeks shamelessly putting himself forward for my job. And, um, yeah, I think we've got something to build on. We've got a huge game against the Railway next Thursday at Bootle FC. Who did you beat, um, sorry? Who did you beat? We beat Aintree, Racecourse staff. um, Full of of wonderful technicians, that line-up. Um, (laughs) Barely gave them Good guys. Good guys. Um, Real testament to the boys' resilience and spirit, the fact that we uh, dug deep and and saw it through. And uh, hopefully it'll prove to be a turning point. Well, there you have it, Andy. There you go. Come and get at the job if you think you're hard enough. Indeed. <laughs> However, I believe that Andy's probably at home. And if I think we've home, covered everything. Yeah, I think we, we have to. Yeah. <laughs> Andy's at home. He's probably having a having a beverage as we speak. And if you, if you want one, you can go and visit our sponsors at beer52.com. Visit their website, enter the code ECHO, and you'll get a tenner off your first case of eight delicious craft beers. Seamless. Now, it is, isn't it? Seamless. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting good at this. Uh, James, uh not quite as interesting, but Liverpool are obviously trying to get to the Champions League. Uh, you were down speaking or with Jurgen Klopp earlier today. Now, what did he have to say for himself? Um, he said he was in a very buoyant mood and it wasn't as a result of taking any drugs. That was... <laughs> had he heard about the 3-1 <laughs> win? <laughs> yeah, which was good to know. Um, he, he said it was, it was a purely natural high that he was on. Um, but, you know, I think, I think he, was, he was desperate to kind of portray a... An image of being very positive and, and laid back ahead of two huge games because you know I think he knows he'll he'll know more than anyone you know need it trying to keep people relaxed and focus on the job in hand he, you know he was adamant you know not interested in all the different permutations um, you know the bottom line is if Liverpool win their last two games they're in the Champions League and that's what he's he's focused on delivering he had a bit of a dig at, at Southampton. Um, what did so, you make of that? Because I must he, admit I saw that and went. Nah, there's no need for that. I, do, I just <laughs> well, thought he's just made himself look a bit stupid. Yeah, I, oh. I, I, I don't know. I, do, do you know what? I haven't, I haven't seen any of that game, Southampton Arsenal, so I don't know whether they did approach. Well, it's almost irrelevant whether you've seen it or not. It's, 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 it's yeah. almost irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, I, to be the bottom line is Liverpool were nowhere near good enough against Southampton. I wouldn't. It's yeah, he probably didn't need to say it, but it was. I think it was partly kind of tongue in cheek as well. He, you know, he just said that if you watch that game compared to the way Southampton set up at Anfield last weekend. Like two completely different teams, he felt that they were quite expansive and open against Arsenal, and and Arsenal were able to pick them off where they barely ventured across the halfway line. Did they in ninety minutes against Liverpool? Neil, what's your take? I know you went too keen like me on. Yeah, uh, on I, don't, what I he don't, said. I don't like the whole style um, argument in terms of football. I, I think it's uh, 
it's, it's not your not for you to say really is it how another team plays or when they play a certain way it, it, you know there's an obvious reason Southampton played differently against Arsenal and the first one is to do it at home rather than being away and it, it is different in front of your home fans you, I don't think the fans at St Mary's would have stood for Southampton going there at home, you know, one of the final home games of the season and playing for a nil-nil draw. Also, it's been proven that if you play the way that Southampton played at Anfield, you can get a result against Liverpool. I wouldn't say that's the same case with Arsenal, albeit they have not dissimilar problems sometimes. So I think that they're entitled to do what they want. I think it smacked a little bit of, um, of dare I say, Mourinhoism from from Klopp, and uh, we don't want too much of that. In my opinion, uh, the, the less Mourinho we get out of Klopp in terms of his public speaking, the better. Uh, James, a lot's been going on this week, not least the Liverpool Players Awards, which I think have just finished now. Certainly, it <laughs> feels like it from having sat in the office waiting for you to, to file your stuff on the night. Um, it was worth the wait, though, wasn't it? It was, it was. It was. It was. It was. It was. Considering how much food you'd had as well, you know, that was quite good going. And that was just before, then. I know, yeah. How many lobsters was it? Just the two. Just just the two. Right. Anyway, you witnessed uh, Sadio Mane win an awards double. Do you think it was deserved? Yeah, 100%. I think he's been the outstanding player over the course of the season. And I think you know, he's surpassed all expectations. You know, certainly I was one of those ones who questioned whether he'd be worth the money when Liverpool shelled out £30 million plus for him. But you know, he's, he's, he's proved worth every single penny. And I think... It's not just what he's done when he's been in the team, but just what, what the team Liverpool have been without him has just underlined just how important he is. You know, they don't have anyone else who can provide that pace, creativity, and and finishing in in the final third. That you know, he, he's he's been that complete package for them this season. And the fact that he was recognised both by the supporters' player of the year and the players' player of the year shows that the feeling for him is is the same inside the dressing room. Uh, and outside, and um, yeah, he was. I spoke to him afterwards, and he was, you know, absolutely delighted with the, with the two honours that he was walking away with. He's a very humble, quiet guy, and you have to, you have to, you have to get very, very close to him to be able to hear a word that he says. Did he give you a hug this time? He didn't get a hug this time. No, no although I, we were close, we were, we were that close. We were almost hugging because I was having to lean in <laughs> just to try and pick up because he, he was, his answers were whispered. Um, does he talk on the pitch? He does. He does. Um, clear. He's, yes. He's a lovely guy who said that he is very close to jogging again. Um, and the knee operation went to plan la- uh, last month. Um, obviously, it's not going to be in time for him to play any part in the last two games. But you know, he said he'll be he'll be a hundred percent ready for the start of preseason. Um, and you know, he and he also said that he's. He, he, he believes in this team's ability to get over the, the finish line in terms of the top four without him. Close to jogging, much like much like me then. Um, <laughs> Just thinking about uh, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well advanced of me, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> um, no Andy Kelly here today, uh, so you're going to have to be uh, the spokesperson for the Young Player of the Year award uh, winner. Carl of course, was TAA, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, richly deserved again. I mean, quite probably more competition for that than there was for the first team award. You know, you think of Ben Woodburn... Being there, oh, he I mean, won the academy's player. Well, yeah, that, which, that, that smacked of, uh, that, of, of a sort of. Apparently, making that was, sure that, both of them were Apparently, that though, was voted for by only the academy players. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah. So they yeah. obviously played an awful lot more. Trent, the one that voted for Trent Arnold was somehow lost in the post, and, <laughs> and, uh, and Ben Woodburn got the win. But listen, that's two two 
fantastic prospect Liverpool have got coming through their academy, and there's more behind that as well. And you know, you you, you can imagine in years to come there'll be a few names that we've mentioned in this podcast winning that award. So Alexander Arnold, great week for him. He's you know got a goal at Goodison Park in front of uh, eighteen thousand on Monday, and twenty four hours later he's picking up a, a first team award. And you know it's testament to him that eighteen years old he's a first team player now for Liverpool and. You know, twelve months ago, he was a promising under 18s player, and now he's a an option as Liverpool are chasing the Champions League spot. And I think that that says everything. You know, I'm I'm not gonna uh, gush the way Andy Andy tends to when when uh, when Trent's, Trent's, <laughs> Trent's name is, take a throw is mentioned. Yeah, but um, I am I have got real high hopes for him. I think he's gonna be a he's gonna be a Liverpool player, and he's gonna be a very good Liverpool player probably in the not too distant future. And I think. That's a good recognition for a very, very good season. Jay, you spoke to him recently. Was it this week or was it last week? Last week, Last yeah. week. And um, basically he said that he's not going to rest until he's the captain of Liverpool. Is he somebody who you can see? I know it's very early days, but you can tell really early on with certain players whether they've got it in them to do certain jobs. Do you feel as though he could become a captain of Liverpool? I think, yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't want to kind of burden him with too much <laughs> pressure to you after. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, he's played like 12... First team games, but that's what we're saying. Is, though, you, certain people you can see in the makeup, like you saw Stephen Gerrard very yeah, early I on, think players that, like Carragher yeah. very early yeah. on. I know or, you, you look at other teams like John Terry, people like that. You could tell. If, do you know what? And and again, I don't want to like, do him any issues in terms of burden, burning him with expectations. But, anyway. but yeah, yeah, I am. Um, same with him for like twenty five minutes last week doing that interview. He did remind me of Stephen Gerrard in many ways in terms of just that kind of. He was really engaging, which you, you don't always get with a with a teenage lad. You know, he was very, very honest, spoke so well, kind of, you know, really driven and ambitious. Hence the, the line about I won't rest till I'm playing week in, week out, and I've got that armband on, on my uh, on my arm. What's um, <laughs> 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 an armband? Yeah. <laughs> Where was he going to put it? Um, which you know, I think some people maybe you, you take that in isolation and go, hang on a minute, he's getting a bit carried away with himself there after twelve senior games. But he didn't mean it like that. I think he just meant as in, this has my been my life's dream to play for this club, but I'm not now going to just sit back and go, do you know what? I've got myself a nice contract. I'm in the first team squad. I've made it. That's not the type of person he is. Um, and it, do you know what? He yeah, he was just very very enjoyable company you know just you know humble but at the same time confident in his own ability not cocky not arrogant um and you know the you, you get it only kind of reinforced what i've been told by those who have worked with him um and we've got a piece on the website today with pep linders a q a you know and pep linders has, has been very important in his development it was pep who gave him the under 16s captaincy when he arrived from porto three years ago um and then obviously trent has then followed pep linders to melwood um, and obviously Trent uh, Pep is that kind of key link between the academy and, and the first team base and uh, you know he, he talks about what, you know, what sets him apart from his peers is you know not just the talent but the you know just how driven he is the attitude the application he shows in every single training session and he, you know he said that you know for the other lads at Kirby trying to make that same leap you know he, he sees Trent as the absolute perfect role model Neil James mentions then about from speaking to Trent, that he comes across very well, very well spoken, and all that kind of stuff. Now, we've had a debate a lot, many, many times about the 
relevance of the under-23 competition, whether it's as good as the old reserve league, whatever have you. But the one thing that cannot be denied is the profile of the under-23s league is far greater now than yeah. the reserve league ever was because you can watch the games on television, the fans watch it. I mean, you only have to look at the numbers that we get from when we do yeah, live yeah. blogs on these games that they, they go through the roof because people are really, really interested. But in some ways, is that then helping Trent prepare himself for when he then he does make the step up because everything's done in stages, whereas in the past it may past maybe somebody's thrown in there and they're not quite ready. But he'll have done television, he's done loads of interviews after games on yeah. on, on NFC TV or whatever. Spoke he's even spoken to James now, obviously. Yeah, he's you met, know, James he's met James Pierce, twenty five minutes of that. But he's kind of he's that generation now, isn't he, where these players are in terms of not so much the actual footballing ability and being physically prepared in that sense, but everything else that the thing that 20 yeah. years ago people were worried about that yeah. just seems to be second nature now they're professional they're, yeah. they're, they're professionals they're professional you know, in their teenagers. mindset or in their, their their outlook and yeah it's it's a good point because I don't I, I am I'm one of the people who I've got major reservations about the, the Premier League too and, yeah. and, and how that works and just the sort of the sterile nature of it and you know I, I don't this this sounds you know it's not, not a, a disparaging towards Everton but it's sort of it's secondary, isn't it? Winning a Premier League two title or, or competing for it, it's secondary because you, if you're a good under twenty threes team, you won't have any of your best players in it because they'll be they'll be playing for the first team or they'll be on the bench for the first yeah. team. They won't be they won't be playing twice. It's just give them competitive games, though. I mean, you have to yeah. you have to say that well, the last couple I mean, of games, the last couple, the last couple of games of the season, it's come, you can tell there's been something to. Yeah, you look you're looking at. I mean, that that's you know, Trent Alexander Arnold now has played in a Merseyside derby in the Premier League and he's played in a Goodison derby in front of 18,000 fans so he's already ticked those boxes but you're right in terms of the profile of them that they now you know the generation is the social media generation so you'll already have hundreds and thousands of followers you know in terms of you know dealing with the, the, the expectation and the, the scrutiny that that brings and yeah I, I mean myself Andy Kelly interviewed Trent after a, a, a 23s game earlier this season he was like you say, I mean, Stevie didn't do interviews sort of every week, but you knew you were guaranteed a good one when, whenever he sat down to speak to whoever it was, whether it was James, whether it was Prenner, whether it was Sky, whoever. You know, you knew you'd get a line and you'd get something worth worth watching with Gerard. And I think Trent seems to have that sort of that inner inner steel. And we've seen Stephen talking recently, haven't you, about um, the, the obsession that he had with with with. I don't care who's in front of me in the team. I, I want to elbow them out the way, and I want to smash them in training, and make sure that I've got the shirt on the weekend. And it's nice. It's nice to think that there's a couple of players coming through, and I, I would say there's more than there's more than Trent there with this mindset that are, are determined and seems to have that talent and um, mentality. What was Pep Linders' phrase? Talent and fire. Uh, yeah, without the fire, it's like a Ferrari without fuel. Oh, there you go. There you go. What kind of fuel though? It's very expensive. Well, that's it. But that, 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 that yeah. seems to be the the, uh, the DNA of, of these players coming through at the yeah. top. Did you just say DNA? I did say yeah. DNA. Well, Apologise now, please. <laughs> well, one thing I was going to add to that was that I think what Trent's done this season, plus Woodburn and Ajaria, has kind of proved Klopp right in terms of the changes he's made to Liverpool's approach to the loan market. Because the, if you go back a couple of years, uh, the, the, the philosophy of the academy was that under 23s football is that that bad in terms of not being competitive enough that players who are going to make that leap you can only bridge that gap by sending them out on loan and you know Liverpool did have I think when Klopp took over then it was 17 or 18 players out on loan in total and Klopp obviously made a big thing quite early on in terms of 
you know, why are, why are we giving away all of our best young kids when they should be here learning? And I think at the time there was a kind of a, well, it's all well and good you saying that, Jürgen, but what actually is the point in keeping them here if there isn't enough football? Because I think, I, I, I'm not, not sure how much of it's actually changed since, but there was also an issue with 23s not having enough games because they were going a long time without playing a couple of years ago. And obviously this season they brought, they've, They've got a Premier League Cup. They've got a Premier yeah, League Cup. They play, 20, they play 22 well. games in the league. And I still don't think they play enough. No. Because it seems the season seems to start they, they play, later they, and finishes they, early. I went to watch them on Thursday. The, the it wasn't the 23s as such. It was an under-23 side and it had... But there was two players playing, Cameron Brannigan and, and Lloyd-Jones, who'd just come back from loan spells. Very mixed loan spells. Cameron Brannigan, you know... Twelve months ago, we were talking about him as maybe one of them who's knocking on the door for yeah. you know, for, a, for a first team spot this season. He's gone on loan to to Fleetwood. Barely, I think he started one game. I think I think he started at Millwall and didn't didn't you know he came off the bench in the playoffs. They did he didn't make the final, and that shows that the difference really in terms of you know someone like Ajaria, for example, has, has moved ahead of him in in the last twelve months when he hadn't been heard of this time last season in terms of a first team. A first team option, so that that shows the the difference between just sending a kid out on loan and saying it'll be good for his development. Sometimes it's not because yeah. they don't get the right the right um, coaching or guidance or opportunity. Uh, James, you also spoke to Jurgen Klopp this week, and he mentioned something about Philip Coutinho and quite an awful lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he um, no, I was, he was obviously asked about Coutinho in, in response to the latest bout of front page headlines in Spain. Um, claiming that Coutinho was it, it remains on the brink of signing for Barcelona this summer. Um, you know, I think I think the front page headline on Sport, which is the Catalan newspaper, said Coutinho says yes. Um, what was the question? To, I think to <laughs> would you like to sign for Barcelona this summer? Um, is it byline Neymar? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean Klopp. To be honest, he he just he laughed his way through most of the answer. I think he'd had a couple of pints. <laughs> <laughs> Be at fifty-two. Yeah. I was. Yeah. It was, was going to mention that. <laughs> yeah. but ten it, now that you brought it up, it was. Uh, it was after he dished out one of the prizes to, to Sadio Mane during, during the awards, and he was. He got a hug. Uh, he did. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, he just said that. You know, he's, he, I think he only reaffirmed what what he said previously, which is the owners of. Have guaranteed him that that Liverpool won't sell any of their top talent this summer. There's absolutely no need for them to listen to offers for any of them, and they won't entertain anything regardless of of whether Barcelona test that resolve. Um, you know, the, I, I I I still think it's it's idle speculation. I I don't honestly think there's anything for anyone to worry about at the moment. The you know Coutinho was at the you know he was at the former players association dinner this week on a Monday night. Know, made a big effort to turn up. Didn't just turn up and collect the award. He was there for four, four and a half hours. Um, you know, he. he I Were think you there as well? I was there as Did well. Did you get fed? Yeah. Open Did you get fed? Envelope? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, beef brisket. It's decent. Yeah. yeah. Um, there you go. And then yeah, it was like a like a chocolate eclair thing. Are <laughs> <laughs> you going to wow. talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting for more. Coutinho's, yeah. Coutinho's release clause, James. <laughs> stay, stay on subject. So Coutinho, Coutinho. Um, he was. He went up on stage to collect the award. <laughs> he said that. Um, he, he basically Put said, together, he said James, that, Come on. You know, he he'd watched all these montages all night um, of all these Liverpool greats and you know Sooners and Thompson and Dogleash and Gerrard and all the rest of it and all these various players getting inducted into the Hall of Fame and you know he took the microphone and said you know I 
I know how successful this club's been and I, I, I want to pick up loads of trophies like you legends have done um, over the years. And, you know, they, were, they weren't the words of a man who did he say for Liverpool. For Liverpool, yeah. he did say for Liverpool, <laughs> yeah. They weren't, yeah. they weren't the words or actions of a man who um, is unhappy in any way. I think you know, he's always said his family are very happy and settled on Merseyside. If, if he had any doubts, he wouldn't have signed that new contract in January. Um, so, no, I, I don't think there's anything to worry about on that front. Right, James has also written, or oh, so you did a Q&A this week, didn't you, with the users on Reddit, uh, in which you post for a lovely picture, by the way. You look, you look great <laughs> there. Lovely, very, very well manicured. Uh, in which you were asked one question in how much Liverpool are going to spend this summer. Now, I've obviously wrote a, an opinion piece uh, a couple of weeks ago in which I said it would be nearer 200 million than 100 million. I still stand by that. However, you've said 120 million, I believe you said, didn't you? I, I also said that was a complete guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, um, which totally didn't. And it yeah. Pretty no, I, yeah, yeah. I, I said it with and, a bit more conviction. And now I get, I, I'm now getting abuse because people are saying that the echo have changed their tune because apparently it, we said it was definitely 200 million. Well, they haven't been reading it properly. So I did try and tell them that yeah. that was an Ian Doyle comment piece based on nothing apart from what was going on inside his head at the time. <laughs> Which, again, Which could be anything. However, however, me and James, we've stuck our necks out, sort of. Neil, how much do you think they might spend? We're going to assume the same thing I assumed when I was writing the piece. They are in the Champions okay. League. Well, I, 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 had a, I had a conversation privately just with... with Yourself. With friends recently, and we were speculating on who who you'd want to sign for Liverpool this summer. So let's say you want a left back, you want a centre back, you want a forward, at least one, and you want a central midfielder. Say four. That's four first team signings, and we've established that Van Dijk is one that they want. Which I'm going to talk fifty million. So that's fifty boxed off. Midfielder, central midfielder, top level, thirty million 30, minimum. Yeah. I'd say thirty million. That's eighty. Striker. Forward. Same again. Thirty million. That's 110, and then your left back, depending on whether you get someone like Sessignon, who would be a five, ten million pound player, or you went, you maybe you could take the cheap option, maybe look for a, a stopgap guy, you know, more experienced guy, or a free transfer or something like that. You're talking, and James's estimate, 120 is sort of, I think it's a, it's a it's a conservative but pretty close estimate. I think you could be looking at 150 easily when you you factor in sort of depth and squad players and things like that. And I think we established ourselves in, a, in another podcast that you hosted with a, a lovely sound machine yes that we were, um, <laughs> we'll bring that back at the end of the season don't worry we'll bring in what 80, 80 90 yeah. million pounds that was, that, was, that, was, that, but that included you thinking we were going to get 15 million for Moreno well no nah, I said yeah. that but it was ultimately decided that it would be nearer to 8 or 7 I think, I think it was alone, I yeah so yeah. James but yeah, I think 100, 130 150 million is, yeah. I think it's a fair estimate I mean much depends on the last two games, because I think you can wave goodbye to Van Dijk if, if you don't get in the Champions League. I think you can wave goodbye to someone like Keita or, yeah. Yeah. or Brandt or any of these sort of aspiring Champions League footballers. So, But if you're talking Liverpool sign of four first-team players, I think you're looking at definitely 100, 100 million plus. I mean, Klopp made a good point in his press conference today, James, where I think I read this properly, that he was asked about transfer targets and he said, that, yeah, we are in talks with certain people kind of suggested it depends on whether we get to the Champions League. But they also said something like, I'm really going to go into the dressing room and say to these lot, you need to play better <laughs> yeah. so we can get better players into see you. Because yeah. that is, that's something that's yeah. genuine. But I think it's wrong in this case that Liverpool wouldn't be thinking that. Because if they get into the Champions League, almost all of these players who are playing now will still be yeah. in the squad next yeah. season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think also if you asked all those players, 
they, I think they would all say that they would actually like a bit more help yeah. in terms of the, the fact that this season has only needed to take one or two out and then suddenly there's a huge drop in, in quality. And I think they know that to try and compete, compete on more than one front next season, that greater depth is going to be absolutely key. I, I think what was interesting from Klopp, and he's been quite consistent on this, when he's been asked about it in recent weeks, which is very different to this time last year, is I think it was about this time last year when he came out with that quote about, um, "I need people who are going to push the tr- uh, was it push yeah, the train push rather the train. than jump yeah, on the train." On it, yeah. And he also said at the time, around the same time, he said, "If if I speak to a player who says um, I'm only interested if you're in the Champions League, I'm going to put the phone down on them." Now the, the, the now is take now is very different. I mean, the quote today <laughs> was, on the line, was, yeah. was <laughs> just give us a minute. You know, he hang on for two weeks. <laughs> he, he essentially admitted today that with the caliber of players that, that they want to get, that they have to get Champions League to have any chance of getting them. Um, and, and then even then, you know, it's a case of we, we have to get the Champions League and then try to convince them. So, um, but I, and I think I think that just you know he didn't name any names, but. I think that's just him being honest and realistic because there's absolutely no chance of getting Van Dijk or Keita if if you're not in the top four. Or Messi. Or Messi. Yeah. Neil, you looked as though you were about to say something profound and then no. you just shook your head at me. No, I've never said anything about <laughs> that. Well, I'll tell you what, then. we'll look ahead then to the game on Sunday. Uh, West Ham United away. It's a first for, well, for everybody associated with Liverpool because it's the first time they've gone and played at the London Stadium. Yeah. Formerly the Olympic Stadium. Um, James, before then though, Arsenal will be at Stoke now. Are we expecting that basically Arsenal are going to win the rest of their games? Or do Liverpool just have to work on that basis? Yeah, I think you have to work on that basis. The, you're going to have to win the, win the last two. I, I mean, Stoke, it, the, the infuriating thing is, I don't think you really know what you're going to get with Stoke. Because I think Stoke probably chucked it. They, they, they have really. They've probably got one big game left in Yeah, you just season. wonder whether. Yeah, it, it, it's a last they yeah. haven't got a lot of time for Wenger there either. Have the, the old no, like Aaron, you know, they had the Aaron Ramsey yeah. thing, and he, he always gets a, a bit of yeah. the needle towards Aaron Ramsey mm-hmm. because he left his leg yeah, on, yeah. on the end of someone's studs. How dare he break? I, I quite like the fact it's a half five. Yeah, that's that guy. So you can have your tea before. I just think that. I just think you know, you've got just an evening kickoff. You know, yeah. the, the, I think it'll make for the 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 Stoke fans will be reasonably well oiled by that point, and and I, I think I, I think it'll make for a better atmosphere, um, and yeah, hopefully they'll have a go because um, yeah, I think it would just it would just release the pressure a little bit if Arsenal fail to. Fail to win there because you know then then I think then it does change them. You, know, you kind of go into that West. I think if, if Arsenal win, then the pressure is massively on Liverpool on Sunday. If Arsenal don't win, then I think of course so Liverpool has to still set out to win the game. But a draw wouldn't be a disaster. In some ways, the Stoke game is Arsenal's West Ham game because yeah. you look at Arsenal's last two games. They've got Sunderland at home and Everton at home, and you've got to expect them to win both yeah. by yeah. a significant yeah, exactly. amount. The, the thing we, we always talk about is. Oh, Arsenal put the pressure on Liverpool, but the pressure's already on Arsenal. They, mm. they, if they, if they've got anything about them, they've got good players, Arsenal, and they have the same situation in Southampton. But they know, you know, think about an early, an early red card, a penalty. You know, one nil down. All of a sudden, they've got, they know they've got to score twice, or they're not getting in the top four because if they don't win on on Saturday, that they can't. They're not going to finish. Does the, the top fact four. that Arsenal are in the FA Cup final does that make any difference to their mindset? Not in terms of qualifying for the Champions League, they can't. But they know in the back of that they've got this other big game coming. I don't, I, I don't think it, I don't think it can because I think 
if you if any of these players are serious about being at Arsenal in the long term, then it's better for them to be in the Champions League than to be in an FA Cup winner. Because one, they've already won the FA Cup twice in recent years. It didn't change anything to the club. It hasn't changed. You know, it hasn't led to further success. It's just a cup. Um, as horrible as that sounds, what the FA Cup is just a cup. The Champions League at least gives them the exposure, gives them the chance to, to play, you know, against the best. And lose the Bay Munich in the yeah, last sixteen. Yeah, last sixteen. Yeah, exactly. Well, well beaten by yeah. a good side in the last sixteen. But they're they're under pressure this weekend, and it shouldn't be forgotten. Liverpool. We all talk about Liverpool, and everyone's terrified about going into this weekend. Liverpool from the Liverpool side. They all think there's going to be the worst case scenario is going to happen. And Arsenal going to win it. But if you, you you've got to remember that Arsenal are still Arsenal have got. As tough a fixture as Liverpool and less room for error, I think that's the way the way to look at it. You know, they they, they have got to win, otherwise it's over for them. And you know, even even if Arsenal get a draw, I think Liverpool, I think that that's Liverpool done and dusted. Regardless, yeah, what happens to, on the goal difference would be pretty ridiculous. Yeah, think, are, are we are we before we go any further? Are we taking United out of this equation now? Yeah, Simply because it yeah, looks like Mourinho's taken them out already. Yeah, yeah. Marina's <laughs> applied yeah. the Emirates last week, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they got Tottenham away, haven't they? They got Tottenham away on Sunday. They've got is it Southampton away? Southampton, Southampton away and, yeah. and, and Crystal Palace at home. It's yeah. already, it's already yeah. said he played Nicky Butts under twenty three and Nicky Butts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, yeah. United, yeah. United. That is, it's, it's, yeah, it's not. Um, they're not in it. I think. Uh, I think the interesting thing is we're kind of like forgetting a little bit. Liverpool are still actually third. I was going to yeah, say. You know, I was going to say. Manchester City play Leicester. Yeah. As well, Manchester City play Leicester yeah. on on on. But so I was going to say, are we saying City third? Because I think we have. To, I know I Leicester's got, the only hard game we've got. Great fixtures, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. They've got and, Leicester, West Brom, and Watford. I think the last three City. And what they did against Crystal Palace last weekend was what they've done. Time and time again in the last couple of years when they've needed to get a result, so yeah. they're at home. Leicester are capable, though. I mean, Leicester's the one Leicester, game Leicester battered them at the end of yeah. the Etihad last season. And Leicester are better. But that, yeah. that, that's the... that's the you can, I mean, it's not been considered by anyone that you spoke to. The two things that are being considered are A, United could get in, which I don't think is likely, but B, that City could miss out. And listen, you know, like you say, anything can happen in football. and. City are not averse to a meltdown, a defensive meltdown. You know, just one of them games where nothing, nothing goes right for them. You know, Otamendi's playing and then Kolarov's playing and what Willie Cavalero's in goal. You know, they're not, they're not averse to conceding two or three at home in any game. Two and a half Cavalero in goal than Bravo. I'd sooner have you in goal. Than Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> so James, what are you expecting then at West Ham? Expecting a, it's their last whole game of the season, so they'll be presumably well up for it. And you've got to bear in mind that well. Obviously, Slavin Bilic has been under a lot of pressure for a lot of this season, and there was a suggestion, you know, West Ham were flirting a little bit of relegation. Yeah. Last three home games, they haven't conceded a goal. Drew, I think they beat Swansea. Drew with Everton, 0-0. Terrible game, by the way. Uh, and they beat Tottenham, obviously, 1-0 last Friday. Do you feel as though, you know, West Ham were up against Tottenham because it's a London team and they wanted to beat them. Do you think the fact that Arsenal could be getting into the Champions League will have any effect on the atmosphere, or is that I think that, that, is that too many steps? I think the... the, the, the <laughs> Converse what James said about Stoke, I think that suits Liverpool. If, that was, if this was a Monday night game at the London Stadium or a Friday night game or even a Saturday evening game, you could imagine it being a decent little little atmosphere. But this is a sleepy early kickoff on the Sunday, and I think Liverpool can use that to their advantage in terms of take it takes distinct. It's, it's not Upton Park, you know. If it was if it was Upton Park, you'd be thinking, oh, but we're not really sure what this atmosphere is like because none of us yeah. have ever been. Before. Uh, well, I think we can make educated guesses from what we've seen from True. the London Stadium this season that it's not the best atmosphere in the Premier League 
fans being split up, you know, who've you know, sang together for years. Miles away from the pitch. Yeah, miles away from the pitch. Yeah. You know, been, there's been fights among West Ham fans earlier in the season, yeah, trouble with stewarding and things like that. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's been sorted out now, yeah. we hope. Um, but Diplomatic correspondent, Neil yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah. But, but by the same logic, it's not... It's not the same, is it? It's not you're not going to Upton Park that walk down to the ground and the tight stadium where Liverpool came across it twice last season. It, you know, it's sort of game. Also, West Ham have got even worse injuries than Liverpool in terms of their first team squad. So there's look, no Andy Carroll, is no there? Andy Carroll, no Matt Noble, no uh, Koyati, Ogbonna, the centre back's not playing. Mm. Uh, Antonio, who he scored against Liverpool last season, yeah. didn't he? You know, most headed goals in the Premier League, mm. I think, this season. So that's their their bonuses, regardless of how well they did against Spurs last week. So I, I think I think the kickoff time and the fact that it's not they've already had the rousing sort of season finale almost against Tottenham last week. I think that plays into plays into Liverpool hands. Hopefully, I was going to say I think I think a big thing will be how brave Klopp is with the with the lineup that he goes with. Um, is it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously he spoke today about the fact that Firmino. Is a, is a doubt, Lucas is a doubt, although he, he did later go on to say that with a bit of luck, Lucas would train late on Friday and then Firmino potentially Saturday. So I, I got, And I got the impression with Firmino it was a case of managing it rather than any you know real con, real injury concern. I think he'd been managing it for five or six weeks. So, you know, if Firmino's fit, then, you know, I, I, I just, it'd be, I just, you just fear a little bit whether if he goes with that same midfield three of, if, if Lucas is fit, him, Chan, Wijnaldum, where the creativity is coming with that, you know, if, if that's the midfield three, then I think you could almost say that it's gonna, it'll it'll probably be a one nil game, one way or another. So you um, want Liverpool to be more proactive and take th- the pressure off themselves early on, yeah, rather just, than yeah. being a situation you, whereby when, where they, they throw people yeah, yeah, yeah. on later on I to try and win it. I just think if when you, if a bit like he did last weekend, where when you set up like that, you're almost playing for a one nil. So there's very few kind of possibilities the game could end. And like I think one 0 would have been the best that Liverpool could have done last weekend. Where if you play a bit more of an expansive game, okay, maybe you do run the risk of, of to a greater extent of conceding. But I still think Liverpool have got enough firepower there to to, to beat West Ham. So you, you know, I, I, I you know I think Origi's got to be dropped. I don't I don't think you can trust him for this game. He, he was poor last weekend. I'd like to see Sturridge come in. You know, I think I think I'd like to see a front three of of Sturridge, Coutinho, Firmino. Um, and then I'd play Lallana as one of the three in midfield. Now, who um, would you drop out? Because I was going to ask Neil this question as well. Obviously, we'd normally say, well, he's, maybe the job's been made slightly easier with this talk about a muscle problem for Lucas. But for me, Wijnaldum in the last couple of games hasn't really done enough. And I think Lucas was unfortunate to get subbed in the last yeah, game. Yeah, I uh, don't very often say this, but I agree with you. Yeah. I think, I I'll think make a note of the year. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I think Wijnaldum... On current form would be the one to make way, and, and also one album's a good option off the bench, isn't he? Yeah, you know either way, whether whether you, you you're chasing it or holding it, I think one album's not a bad sub to have for for twenty five minutes in the second half. You know, to to either go and, go and try and nick us a goal by by playing further forward, or or, or just keep the ball for us and, and and keep it nice and simple. The other one, I you know, it, it lost got lost last week because it wasn't a thing but Gruich. Came on for, yeah. for five minutes and, and had Liverpool's best effort for goal. Yeah, yeah. I've just spoken to Neil Mellor for his column going on, on the Echo site later and he, he talks about Bruits and says, I, I see a player there. And I just wonder whether it might be it might be one that 
he's, he's, it's a bit... He's in a wild card. Yeah, chaos. Is what, the word I was going to say is, yeah. he's just a bit chaotic, Grewich, and he just seems to drift into spaces and you go, what's he like? You know, he doesn't seem to... He doesn't seem to be someone who you can mark particularly easily because he's a big lad and he just he, he, he knows where the goal is. He's got he's got good technique, right and left foot. He can head the ball. I, I I'd like to see Gruwich getting a getting a run out if Liverpool were, were were chasing a goal. I'd like to see him come on for half an hour rather than five minutes because I think he can make a difference. And I think if you talk about West Ham, you know, Billich is going to know, you know, what what Liverpool will do if they've got Lucas Wijnaldum Chan. He's going to know what they're going to do if Lallana drops in there, if Coutinho drops in there, or whatever. I don't know if they West Ham would have a plan for for Marco Gruwich coming on and just getting his head on things and and jump you know arriving late in the box and and causing problems. So I think he could be one on Sunday. I but I agree with James that Sturridge for me one hundred percent has to start. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Good good phrase. So if we're going to go with the normal back four, the keeper because say Moreno, no, it's it's not the time. <sighs> if Moreno's going to get a chance, he'd have had it, about it by now. So we'd say Lucas and Chan. Lallana and then Firmino, Sturridge, Coutinho across the front. Yeah, I, 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 I doubt Lucas will play. Personally, I think, I think. Well, let's just by, say just by what Klopp said, he's got two muscles. Okay, yeah. I think, I think it'll be Chan, Wijnaldum, and Lallana. Let's just say that is though yeah. Lucas that plays. Then you look at the bench now, and you've got Grewich, Wijnaldum, Origi, Moreno, Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and probably Woodburn or somebody like that. Ten, 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 suddenly, ten, it's like there are yes. There's enough, and there's power there, and there's okay, you could argue some goals in there. So there's enough there going on for suddenly Liverpool. You could argue that they finally got there's only one real big miss there from that squad. Yeah, and you, well, you just hope. I think you're right. There are options there, and if he needs to change it, you just hope he's he's a bit more proactive than he was last weekend. Because you know, I, I think the criticism of, of Klopp was fair last weekend in terms of he was very very slow to change it in that second half. You know, it was. You only had to look at the difference that Lana and Sturridge made when they did come on to to realise the mistake of, of not making those changes at half time. So yeah, if that if that is what he goes with, you know, I, I think he's got decent options to change it. Um, but I just hope he's. I just hope Liverpool are positive because you know they they haven't been great to watch for for a while now. And you know, I appreciate why he's reined them in a bit as, a, as an attacking force. You know, no Mane concerns about defensive frailties and all the rest of it, but. Um, you know, I, yeah, I hope I hope Liverpool play on the front foot and actually take the game to them and don't just set up to try and nick something because, you know, I just think that's just asking for trouble. Um, so just finally, thanks to our sponsors, Beer52.com. Remember, you can get head over to the website for some money off some craft beers. Uh, before we go though, one final thing, and that's the prediction. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday? I'll start with you, Jay. Uh. I think it'll be pretty scrappy and difficult to watch, and I think Liverpool will win one 0 Neil, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a two-pronged prediction. I think both Liverpool and Arsenal will draw this weekend. Do you think they'll have the same result? I think they'll have the same result. Funny enough, I'm going to say exactly the same I think thing. I think, I think they'll have the same result, even if that means that they both lose or draw yeah. or win. I think that's a good match. Well, let's hope that at least one of them wins and that team that's winning is called Liverpool for the purposes <laughs> of this podcast. Um, uh, that'll do us. Uh, join us next week when we will be looking back at the game against West Ham and hopefully looking forward to a Champions League decider against Middlesbrough. Cheerio.